Psalm chapter 63 this morning. Verse 1, it says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power, to see your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth, I'm getting some ringing behind me, just FYI. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. This morning, I want to talk to you just a moment about being positive in the negative. I don't know about you, but when this season that I'm in, whatever season you may be in, uh, it may be a good season, it may be a testing season, but what this season that I am in, when it is over, I want it to end on a positive note. Amen? When this test that I am in, when this test that is before me is over, I want to come out of this test positive. A lot of people, when you're taking a test, so we, we, we've got in our head, we think COVID. I don't want to come out positive with that, but I'm, I'm talking about test. I want to come out of this thing positive. Amen? I want to come out of it with more victory than I've ever had before. I want to come out of it with more faith than I have ever possessed. I want to come out of it with more love for God than I have ever known. Amen. I want to come out of this thing positive, and I want to talk this morning about this is only a test. How many of you know that nothing disrupts the mindset of the enemy? Nothing shifts the negative like learning how to praise God in every situation. Can I get an amen this morning? We were just in a moment like what I'm preaching about this morning. And it's all about learning how to attract God's presence in my life. Because whenever you get the presence of God in your life, that is when the impossible things become possible. If you want impossible things to become possible in your life, you must have the presence of God in your daily walk. Can I get an amen this morning? Praise has the ability to break the attack of Satan. It has the ability to release joy in my life. It has Praise can shift my focus in the right direction. Praise is often categorized and described as a part of the worship. Usually the faster songs are the praise songs and the slower ones are worship songs. But praise is so much more than, than just part of the worship set, just two or so songs. It's, it's so much more than just a Sunday morning ritual. But it is truly a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle of gratefulness. It is 
Whenever you have a life of praise, it is a lifestyle where you are reflecting your confidence and your trust in the Lord. Amen. It is you learning how to do it anytime and at any place. Whenever it comes upon you to give him praise, you just praise him anyway. Amen. In the Bible, there are many words for the word uh, English word praise, and I'm going to talk about some of those today. And when we display these words, it disrupts Satan's plans. It provides a divine disruption. It, 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 it leads to a divine manifestation of God's power. It, it produces breakthrough. And while we have one word for praise here, I want to highlight what the Bible says about praise. So get your pen and paper ready this morning. In today's text, David is pinning these words that I just uh, read to you. And he wrote it in a time when he was in the wilderness. When I opened up my Bible this, uh, this week writing this, uh, the, there was like a subtitle to this chapter. And it, and it, and it told me that David, is, he's in the wilderness. He was, he was in a season when where he was and who he was could not come into an agreement. Anybody ever been there where it seems as if he had this inner conflict with his current position and the promise of God? Anybody ever been there when where you were was not what God promised you? When, when you looked around, you saw darkness, but God promised light. And there's this conflict in, in, in David and he, as, he's, as he's looking at the wilderness, realizing that, that, that that's not this is not where I'm uh, this is not where I'm going to live. This is not where I'm going to thrive. And he was anointed to be king, but yet he's in the wilderness and life was not what he thought it would be. Life was not making sense. Anybody ever been there where life was just not making sense? What do you do when who you are and where you are are in conflict? What do you do when you know that you are better than where you are? What do you do when you know where you are is not where you are supposed to be? When you know you are more than what you can see, what do you do when you know that you are ready to begin a new chapter, ready to begin a ministry, ready to start something, but have no idea how to get there or where to start? David is in that very situation, and he's ready for the throne, but he's, but he's in the wilderness. What do you do when you know his word, but you feel trapped? What do you do when you are ready for the promotion? You're ready for your next, but God has you in a season of wilderness. If you don't watch it, it is those moments where what you see begins to deceive you. If you don't watch it, negativity will begin to take you over. I said, if you don't watch it, negativity will begin to take over in your mind. If you don't watch it, this test will come out negative. If you don't watch it, mediocrity will begin to slide its way in your front door. And these things will sabotage your destiny. It will cause you to get depressed and grow anxious. It will cause you to walk away from your family. It will cause you to let your ministry fall apart. It will cause you to forget your calling for a season. It will cause you to quit 
this thing called life. But I want you to get this because when David was writing this psalm, he was in that very situation. And I want you to take note this morning. Take note of his demeanor. Take note of his posture. He said, in the middle of the wilderness, he said, oh God, you are my God. What he was doing is he was saying, I know this is not what I thought it would be, but it has not changed our relationship, Lord. He said, I know it don't look like I thought it was going to look, but I just want you to know you're still my God. It don't feel like I thought it was going to feel, but you are still my God. He was letting me know this season has not changed who you are and has not changed my faith in you. You are a God and you, and you can still do exceedingly and abundantly above everything that I can ever ask or imagine or think. Just because I'm sick today doesn't mean that you cannot heal me tomorrow, God. He said, just because I'm bound right now doesn't mean that I will not have a breakthrough tomorrow. Amen. You are still God and you are still my God. He said, early will I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, and my flesh longs for you in a dry, thirsty land where there is no water. Get this, that David was declaring that he was in a dry season. He was declaring it himself. He said, I'm in this place and there's not even water where I am at right now. Water is often symbolic throughout scripture as the Holy Spirit. David was struggling and he lets everybody know, I just want you to know I'm struggling today. Let me tell you something. There is a, there is a false facade on the bride of Christ because so often we come into a building like this and we want to walk in pretty and cute and we don't want anybody to know what's going on. But I am telling you in this day that confession is good for your soul. And the Lord is speaking and he's saying sometimes you just you need somebody you can confide in and say, let me tell you something. I am struggling today. I've been on the struggle bus today. I've had a struggling kind of, anybody been on the struggle bus ever before? And you're waiting for the door to come open and it feels like like you're never going to get off. Sometimes you got to be truthful with yourself and say, let me tell you something. I'm in a dry season. I haven't felt the spirit. I am thirsty. I am struggling. Can I get an amen? Don't miss this revelation that David is giving to the church even for today. He said, I seek you. I thirst for you. And I long for you. I'm in a wilderness. But I'm going to seek you, I'm going to thirst for you, and I'm going to long for you. He said, what he was doing, he was saying, I am realizing in this season that all I need is you, Lord. I'm coming to the realization that all I need is you. He said, I seek you first. I seek you first. He said, I'm giving you priority. When is the last time you gave God priority? When is the last time you gave him your first, your first fruit, your first offering, your first time of the day? When is it that you gave him your first? And one of the ways that we as a church, as the bride, are going to come out of this test on a positive note is if 
that we understand that God cannot be our last resort any longer. Amen. But he must be your first priority. Part of the problem is that God has been the last resort even of the church. Part of the problem is, is that we try to self-diagnose before ever going to God with our problem. Amen. Part of the problem is we will ask Google what the problem is before we ask God what the problem is. Part of the problem is that God has been the last resort, but you are coming to an understanding this year that he is going to be your first priority. Amen. Come on, I want you to say this with me. Say, I will seek you first. Say it again. I will seek you first. In the morning, I'm going to seek you. Before I ask everybody else, what do you think about it? I'm going to ask you, Lord. Did you catch that David's top priority while he is trapped in the wilderness? Did you catch that David's top priority was not him escaping the desert, was not him escaping the wilderness, but his highest pursuit was not even being king at the moment. But what he was doing first, his highest pursuit was just getting into the presence of God. See, a lot of the time, we seek the reward more than the rewarder. <laughs> we seek the benefits more than we want to go through the process. But I want to declare over this house, Legacy Church, that we will not just seek the healing, but we will be a church that seeks the healer. We will not just seek breakthrough, but we will see the breaker. We will not just seek the blessing, but we will seek the blessor. Amen. Is there anybody in the house this morning say, you know what? I want to seek Jesus today. You've been seeking him for the fruit. Now you need to seek the root. You've tried all these other things, but now we are at the point where before, before whenever you were in a place, you tried a new relationship. You tried a new man. You tried a new woman. You tried a new job. You got your hair done different thinking that was going to do something for you. But guess what? Now you're at the place where you say, you know what? I've been through life. Now just give me Jesus. That's all I ask is just give me Jesus. Never let what God does for you become more important than who he is to you. Because if you just worship him for what he can do for you, you really don't know him. Whew. To come out positive in this testing, you've got to seek him. Then David said, I thirst for you. You need to understand that this thirst is more than just a sip of water kind of thirst. You need to understand that it is a desperate thirst. It is, a, it is a thirst that's like, I have to have it thirst. It is a, if I don't get some water, I'm going to die. David was saying, if I don't get a little drink of your presence, if I don't get in your presence, I'm not going to make it. First service, Sarah's cousin was here. She was visiting from India. She's 43 years old. Sarah hasn't seen her since she was 16 years old because she's, she's from India. She lives in India. She's a missionary in the Himalayan mountains of India. And it, I, we were sharing stories last night when I was in India, 2014, I believe. And it was the hottest day that God had ever created. And I'm not sure he created that day, if you know what I'm talking about. I was waiting for Satan to appear in India. I felt like I was in the inner wall. It was so hot. 
And we, I remember it. Oh, gosh, it was blistering hot. And we were walking around the Taj Mahal, and I was so thirsty. And if you know anything about India, us Americans cannot drink the water because our stomachs are not used to the water. And I remember thinking, I will drink anything. I don't care. I don't care. I was at the point, like, I was just, I was just, I was like, if I don't get it, I'm going to die. And I didn't want to die in India. It was a thirst that I had never experienced, like parched, I'm about to die. I mean, I, I was sweating and I was cold and I just remember, I've got to get something to drink. And, and, and here David was there and he was saying, if I don't get something, if I don't get in your presence, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. Anybody ever been there? You're just like, you know what? I'll try to, but I just need to get in his presence. Anybody ever been there? He said, I just need to get in your presence or I will not survive this. There's a lot of things that you can be thirsty for when you get in the wilderness. There's a lot of things that will test your thirst when you get into a wilderness situation. See, all of a sudden you get into the wilderness and there'll be somebody walk into your life and they will just blindside you because you're in a wilderness and, and they are all you can see. You, when, when, whenever you get into wilderness, you can be thirsty for power. You'll be thirsty for love. You'll be thirsty for money. But if you ever just mess around and just start getting thirsty for his presence, let me tell you something. It will mess up your life for the good. He will start breaking your addictions. He'll start healing your marriage. He will do a total renovation on your household. I want to know this morning, is there anybody that's just thirsty for his presence? Is there anybody that's just thirsty for revival? Is there anybody just as thirsty for a move of his glory? Get this. It's not enough just to be thirsty, but you've got to maintain thirst for the right things. David had a thirst he had a desperation for God. And this year, I believe that there are some people that are listening this morning that are getting so desperate for God. I've seen more people praying than I have in a while. I've heard, I've heard people say, I just want him. There are some people that are done with just coming to church. There are some people that are so desperate that they are willing to do anything to see a move of God. They're willing to do anything. And David said, he said, I seek you, I thirst for you, and I long for you. This longing means you are on my mind. It means I'm constantly thinking about you. This one statement, I long for you, was a statement about his mindset. It was a statement about mentality. It was meaning you just run through my mind all the time. I told first service, it's like me running through Sarah's mind all day long. She longs for me. <laughs> Shake your head. <laughs> there he is again. He just keeps coming by. I'm longing for him. <laughs> this statement was one about a mindset. It was one of his mentality. Like he, he was just running through his mind, continually thinking on the Lord. And you need to understand that it's very difficult to have a negative mind and maintain a positive life. Negative Nancy's. Whoop. Keep on walking. It's very hard 
to have a negative mind and maintain a positive life because Proverbs 23, 7 speaks of this. It says, as a, mind, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That means that you cannot have a negative mind and live a positive life. That means you cannot have a dirty mind and live a clean life. That means that you can't have a defeated mind and have a victorious life. This is why you've got to renew your mind every single day. This is why whenever you get up in the morning, you may just be feeling horrible, but you need to put your feet down and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. You need to look at yourself and say, you are a child of God. You are a child. This is why you got to renew yourself. And at, and at some point, you've got to stop thinking you're going down. At some point, you've got to stop thinking I'm defeated. But no, the word says I am more than a conqueror. You've got to stop thinking you're going to die and start saying, no, I am going to live. You've got to stop thinking my kids are never going to uh, come to the cross. They're going to be lost forever. And you've got to start believing, no, my kids shall be saved. They will come to the cross. I'm declaring it for their future. The devil is playing mind games with a generation. Somebody's alarm's going off. It's a mind game. It will not distract me. Turn it off, somebody. Right out here. Jesus. The devil's playing mind games on a generation. It's getting louder, whoever it is. <laughs> I shall not be moved. I will not lose concentration. I will keep talking. Turn me up. The devil is playing mind games on a generation. And as I said to first service, guess what? This is the most, I, I don't, don't want to upset anyone's feelings. I, 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 know, I know there's a lot of different situations. But this is one of the most medic medication-prescribed generations ever. From, from, from preschool all the way up to adults. There, we, are, we, are, we are in a society. We were, uh, we were listening to a, a Christian counselor the other day. And talking about all these people coming in and, and they're medicated, these kids. And she looks at them and says, no, you don't need medication. You just had a bad day. Sometimes you just have a bad day. How many of you know Christians have a bad day every once in a while? That's why you need Jesus. Sometimes I think God has got to give us a bad day just so we, we, just so we will rely on him. Just so we will call on his name. And here we are. The devil is playing mind games with a generation. And if he can ever get in your mind, he can get in your gifts. If he can ever get in your mind, he can get in your anointing. If he ever gets in your mind, he will stifle your creativity for the kingdom. Can I get an amen? Anxiety and depression is overwhelming a generation. Anxiety and depression is overwhelming a generation. But I want to declare that today, that a mind of victory is coming to Legacy Church. I want to declare today, it will not prosper in this house today. I want to declare that a mind of joy is coming to the bride of Christ. A bro it's coming. I'm getting a text. If your license plate is RWR0591, do I have a description? It's what? Ford 150 truck black. 
Everybody close your eyes. Get up and go now. <laughs> Keep them closed. We're not looking. We're not looking. It's all right. It's all right, brother. Thank you. Woo! I shall not be moved this morning. I said that a mind of victory is coming to this house. The devil has lied long enough. He's made sick the well far too long. He has messed with the, with the mind of the bride far too long, and now the bride don't even know who she's married to. The bride don't even know, the, the bride don't even know who her man is. No, let me tell you something today. God is giving the church a mind of victory. He's going to give legacy a mind of joy. I said a mind of peace is coming. I said a mind of uh, triumph is coming. I don't know about you, but I need it sometime. Can I get an Amen. See, David was able to keep his mind right because he kept his praise right. If you don't know how to praise, your mind will drift with you. I've seen it time and time again. Whenever you can keep your praise right, you'll keep your mind right. Look at your name and say, keep your praise right. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them like you mean it. Keep your praise right. David was able to make it through the wilderness because he caught the revelation that praise is the key to my breakthrough. He caught the revelation that I have a weapon and it's called praise. Listen, you will never be able to break through what you do not talk to. This isn't name it and claim it. Don't even go there with me. This is, this, is, this is the word. See, because when you praise, you're not only praising the Lord, but what you are doing is, as you praise, you are speaking to that mountain in front of you, saying, my God is bigger than you. Saying, my God has never let me down. Whenever you praise, your mountain hears it. David understood that he was holding a key, and the key was praise. And in this text, there are two different Hebrew words used for praise. I believe that David was carefully choosing his words here because he knew that one day the church would need to look at this and understand the differences in the praise that he was going through. In Psalm 63.3, David said, because... Your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. He said, because your loving kindness is better than life. Aren't you thankful that when life is just horrible, his loving kindness is better than life? Aren't you thankful that when life is hard, our God is still good? Aren't you thankful that when life is confusing, our God is still good. He said, my lips shall praise you. Amen. Some of you need to write this down. He said, I command, command my lips to praise you. He said, I tell them to praise you. This is what you need to write down. Your mouth will obey you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Whatever you tell your mouth to speak, it'll speak. Whatever you, whatever you tell it, do not speak, it will not speak until you say, okay, go ahead and say it. 
If you were mad and you say, I am mad. I'm just, oh, I'm frustrated. Mouth, I want you to tell them like it is. I hear guilty laughter. I just want, oh, I wanted one shot of espresso. They gave me two. I'm ticked. Listen here, barista. Some of you did it this week. Everybody's looking down. But if you tell it not to, it will not. Your mouth will obey whatever it, you tell it to speak or not to speak. And in this age, we even talk more with our fingers and our thumbs on Facebook and texting. And the word says that your mouth is powerful, that life and death is in your tongue. It's a weapon. So the question is, are you running your mouth or is your mouth running you? Are you op running, operating? Are you operating your mouth or is your mouth operating you? He said, because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you because your loving kindness, because I will praise. Why? Because. Because means I have causes. It means I have reasons to praise, praise him. When somebody asks you, why do you clap your hands? Now you just got to say because. Why do you go to church that keeps on singing the same chorus over and over? Because. Why are you going to get down on your knees just because? Why do you shout because? Why do you praise him when it's dark outside and you're in a wilderness just because? Why are you a tither just because? Why are you so happy in the middle of all this darkness because? Why do you go to church when it's raining outside because? Why do you serve because? Why do you think your kids are going to get saved when they're acting like hoodlums in the street? Because. Because I have a reason because he has never let me down because he hears me when I cry because he's never left me he's never forsaken me he did it then and he will do it for me again sometimes you just gotta praise him because because David shows up and he shows us his plan by his choice of words right here he uses the Hebrew word Shabak write this down S-H-A-B-A-C-H S-H-A-B-A-C-H, Shabbat. Now let me tell you how Satan works this week. We've been fasting this week. If you didn't fast with us the first Thursday, every month we're doing the first Thursday through Sunday. Whatever you want to. If you didn't do it with us this week, join with us in March. We're giving God our first. It's a priority. And I'm out here and I'm literally at this point in the message, I'm, I'm writing stuff, and I'm getting hungry. It's my lunchtime, and I know what I can't have. And when I know what I can't have, that's what I want. Anybody ever been there? So I'm sitting here literally, and I'm, 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 I'm on some things I use to look up some words, and I type in, instead of Shabak, I type in Shabak. I left out the first H. And it's a Hebrew word. And as soon as I hit enter, this Hebrew word popped up a picture. And it's the Hebrew word for a large sandwich on a pita. <laughs> Take control of your mind. Woo! That's how Satan works. 
But I want you to understand, Shabbat means address loudly, to command triumph, to shout, to announce. See, whenever I read words like this in Scripture from people like David, I don't understand quiet churches. I'm not talking about it. I don't understand how you can be in the presence of the Lord and not raise up a praise. I don't understand how you can have music and everybody's there like this. I don't understand how a pastor can be there like this. I don't get it. It's not biblical. Your church should have some praise. And if your church don't have some praise, you need to go somewhere that does have some praise. Because let me tell you something, sometimes you need to be around people. Whenever you've had a rough week and you don't feel like praising, I want to stand beside somebody who can praise in my place. I want to stand by somebody whenever I hear them, it it ignites a fire in my spirit. That's why a lot of these churches, they're so depressed looking. Can I get an amen? Shabbat, loud, command triumph, shout. Announce. See, when you praise God, you are making an announcement. You are saying, that's my God. He's mine. He's all mine. You're announcing God is good. You are announcing he is my healer. You are announcing he's my victory. You are announcing he's my, he's my, he's my triumph. And get this, in verse 5, David says, My soul shall be satisfied with the marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Praising. First word he used was Shabbat. This one, it was a loud announcement. Now he's using the word halal. Write this down. H-A-L-A-L. H-A-L-A-L. Band, you can help me out. Halal. H-A-L-A-L. This Hebrew word means to bless. It means a celebration. It means to boast, withholding nothing. He said, I'm in the middle of a wilderness. And I'm out here with a bunch of wild animals. And I'm about to be the wildest thing in this wilderness. I'm about to turn up right here in this wilderness. I don't care who can see me. I don't care who's making fun of me. I don't care who's going to tweet about me. Some of y'all are looking at me while I'm dancing this morning. That's all right. Keep looking. Maybe one day God will do it for you. If you just knew what he's done for me. If you just knew where I've been, if you just knew the battles that I've seen him fight, he's never lost one. So whenever we sing he's never lost a battle, I can't help but get a little excited. It means to celebrate. Halal is what a lot of people call a crazy praise. Sometimes it just does not make sense. It's praising when it's hard. It's a kind of praise that others on the outside will look and they will not understand how you could be dancing and singing when you just lost everything. They'll look at you and say, you're in the middle of divorce and you're in church up in here raising your hands. Your kids are wild. I saw them last night on Broad Street. They were crazy. And you're in here praising. How, how can you do it? It's hard to understand. Halal is boasting in the Lord. It is a confidence-releasing praise. When you boast in Him, you're not only lifting Him up, but He lifts you up. 
It breaks the attack of the enemy. And get this, the word halal can also be found in the word hallelujah. So you've been saying hallelujah and you don't even know what it means. This is it. Hallelujah is halal to Yah. Halal to Yahweh. Boasting in Yahweh. Boasting in God. When you say hallelujah, we're not, it's not just something that we say because we need, we need a little filler between the song. We are boasting in God. We are making an announcement. We are boasting. We're not boasting in our names. We're not boasting in our titles. We're not boasting in our degrees. We're not boasting in our programs. But when I shout hallelujah, I am boasting in the one true Lord. Can I get an amen this morning? That's why hallelujah is part of the highest praise. Because when I shout it, it's defeating the enemy. It's making the enemies around me know that God is still God. And he will do exactly what he said he will do. When I say hallelujah, it lets my enemies know that I trust in Jesus. When I say hallelujah, it lets my enemies know you better turn around and go because he's not bowing to anybody other than Jesus. When I say hallelujah, it lets my enemies know that I'm not quitting. Come on, will you get up on your feet this morning? And will somebody just say hallelujah with me? Come on, put your hands together this morning. Come on, I want you to put your hands together this morning. I want you to boast in the Lord. Come on, shout out this morning, hallelujah. Come on, shout out this morning, hallelujah. Come on, boast in God with me this morning.
embrace me. How amazing is it that God has given us a weapon and some of us are so timid. We've allowed Satan to whisper in our ear and say, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. You're going to look crazy. People are going to talk about you. Talk about me all you want to. Make fun of me all you want to. Go home and tell everybody that preacher he was dancing. I wish you could have said, go ahead. But watch God move on my behalf this morning. I'm not only dancing for me, I'm dancing for you. I'm dancing for my children. I'm dancing for my church. I'm dancing for my future. Why? Because I know there's power in the praise. There's something that cannot hold on to you when you begin to praise. There's a sickness that begins to hold 